2: Hello.
3: hello. 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 So, hello. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to this very, very special episode of the Polyester Podcast, in which we are talking to you, Stacey Battette. Battette? Sure. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the costume designer of Priscilla, but also many other incredible films and my personally underrated favourite, On Becoming a God in Central Florida.
4: Yeah, I like that show too. I love that
3: show. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself as I've just minced it? <laughs>
4: no, I, I'm Stacey. You did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank
3: you. So, I mean, let's just start. I heard that 120 outfits were made for Priscilla. And I don't have a question there. Well done
4: for, <laughs> for Priscilla. You. Is yeah, it's just, just the lot.
2: character of Priscilla, or for
4: just for Priscilla? One hundred and
3: twenty.
2: How many did she end up wearing on the
3: throughout the film? Was it the one hundred and twenty? <laughs> really. Because I read in an interview about the Beguiled, which is another film I love, that you had like a favourite dress that wasn't included in the final edit. Did you have that for this film as well?
4: Oh, did I have a favourite dress that wasn't
3: included? It was like one that Elle Fanning wore. I mean, you said it in an interview, maybe.
4: Awesome. No, I think it was, some, it was <laughs> she and i were like when she had her corset on yeah, or yeah, something, yeah yeah it wasn't a dress it was just she wasn't fully dressed mm-hmm. and we took a photo at the you know mm-hmm. in the set <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> and it was never we never had that a moment like that in the movie uh-huh. and i did she did look so great in her corset and i think that's a
3: thread that runs through your work like I was reading a lot about how much effort you put into the private moments of Priscilla's outfits, whether it was like the lingerie or what she wore to bed. And you said similar about the beguile that they weren't dressing, you know, for public because obviously there was no public around. What interests you about these kind of like private moments of fashion?
4: I don't know. I just think it's also partly that the stories that we're telling are stories that are set um, a little bit behind the scenes they are not set, you know, uh, in a forward facing way. And, um, You know, I think with the the beguiled, for example, it's just like they don't they had to corset themselves in. They didn't have the housekeeper to corset them in, so you know maybe things were a little looser and they didn't really wear those hoops that women wore during the Civil War because who? Why would they put them on? They had to go do the you know vegetable garden. (laughs) (laughs) I
3: also read that like Priscilla and also the beguiled were low budget films. What kind of constraints does that put up from a costume perspective
4: i mean it it does actually put up a lot but um what's nice is i feel like costumes are important to sophia so even though it's a low budget film and like we definitely don't have a huge budget to do it it's not as low as it would be on someone who didn't have the same appreciation for costumes so that's nice
3: (laughs) i also think it would like probably be quite comforting to a lot of people here that these films are low budget Well, I mean, it's good, as in comforting, because it means that anyone can make something, like, (laughs) if they want to. But I was wondering why you think, like, it's still really hard for female filmmakers to get that sort of funding.
4: You know, I don't really know, but I'm always surprised that, you know, it's hard for Sophia to get enough money to make her things, because I think she's such a proven and, like, wonderful filmmaker, but I just... uh, all filmmakers are having trouble getting funding to make their movies so i don't think it's just her and i don't i mean i think it like the the problem is that like there's a lot of men in charge and men don't always trust women to do things with a lot of money
2: yeah and i can imagine but, that a lot of maybe men wouldn't want this film made like a story that's maybe not put in elvis in like the best light who's such like an american god
4: yeah maybe the Elvis estate but I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just like it's like in the same way that costume designers get paid less because like it's women's work that women's work often is undervalued and I think you know there's a lot of male studio executives that probably have a harder time I don't know it's just the way like unfortunately I'm not trying to to say it's okay <laughs> but it's just the way of the world it's like you have to work around it just to yeah get, like, like I I mean I, I don't know like you have and it's hard to um to be you know gentle I guess because then that somehow means you're not trustworthy <laughs> to command a ship
2: yeah um I think when I was watching like the film and all the costumes in it I was wondering if you found it hard because she's such like a prolific figure for style like was it especially difficult to not necessarily always replicate her outfits or did you prefer having that
4: kind of freedom no, I liked having that kind of freedom because also I think there's there's a misconception that we really know what she looked like between, you know, like from when she went to Graceland until um, she got married, you know, there's very few photos of her. So we were just kind of going with the flow, making stuff up, and it was fun to make it up.
3: Did she have much input in that, like... Would she
4: see what the costumes were? No, she didn't. She wasn't like a hands-on producer. She was a producer, but she wasn't micromanaging in any way. She wasn't like, No, that's what it looked like. It didn't look like this, or Yeah. Yeah, it was very easy.
3: You've done a few period pieces with Sophia and on Becoming a God in Central Florida. Would you say like historical accuracy is important or is it more about like
4: telling the story in the best way, I suppose? I think historical accuracy is important. And also, um, in so much as historical accuracy is important, it's also nice to understand, um, what was actually happening at the time because times shift and times change. So like reading magazine articles and like that sort of thing. Cause like if you, yeah, like speaking of, you know, the difference between women now and women then, and like a Vogue magazine in 1959, it was, mm-hmm. like, it just, you'd be shocked, is <laughs> <my goodness. Yeah. laughs> Like, there would never be an article like that now, like, about ways to be demure and keep no, your yeah. husband pleased. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting how
3: the costuming in Priscilla was such a integral part of the story in that it shows how she changes through these kind of different periods of her life. I was wondering if you could talk us through that a little bit.
4: Yeah I'd love to um so I think a big part of it was the foundation garments is that early on you know she's wearing classic 50s undergarments but they are those crinolines that the skirt is puffy and it it kind of has like that little bell shape like a cupcake and I think that shape is kind of childish and then as we moved along through the story we lessened the shape of the crinoline like just it got a little less puffy and then you know ultimately she ends up in pants and I, I think that was all in, including the colors and all that stuff kind of helped to express her journey
3: yes I noticed it f well I noticed it throughout the film but like one tiny little moment that I noticed is when she goes to LA and she's wearing prints after he's right. like said they he hates her in prints but I'm assuming that was purposeful <laughs>
4: Yeah, it was purposeful. I think at that moment I so something that I had thought about a lot, it just is when she becomes her own person that I didn't want her um her style to be reactive towards him, but I do think in that instance it was reactive towards him that she was like, You don't like this and I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, she's yeah. kind
2: of like in the throes of
4: she was angry yeah Yeah, she
2: was still like under his thumb a little bit as well like she has to go out to see him and he can still send her away and things like that yeah that's how you would kind of rebel but then when she matures to more of an adult him rebel she's not rebelling anymore she's just her own person exactly
4: yes and I think that was a really important distinction because when you're rebelling against somebody they still you you're still reacting to their desires and needs and even if you're doing yeah yeah something against their wishes
3: I also thought it was, like, so powerful, but not in a fun way. <laughs> when they go shopping, Elvis and Priscilla, and, like, all his mates are there. I
2: was like, I oh, feel I know so I mortified. Oh, no. I did mean, feel sick, because usually, like, you watch, like, a makeover bit in a film, and you're like, yes, like, in Clueless or something. And then in this one, I was sat there being like... <laughs> felt really solemn, like, I just felt really sad about it, especially when they were like... It's like the men would be cheering on and then Elvis would just go, no, you can't wear that. And she'd just be seesaw set and you can just, I think anyone who's ever had like a controlling partner as well, just kind of like cringes at that moment. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm interested in like, do you think it was
3: because in the film that he wanted like just the vision of femininity that he wanted? Or did you think he thinks it was like more collaborative than it was?
4: I mean, I. I don't I'm not him so I can't say but I do think that the idea of Priscilla for him was like I don't think he in my imagination or what I imagine the story to be I don't think he ever really saw her as a person I think he she was always a projection of what he thought was an ideal woman
2: Yeah on my second watch round I was like this is just an extension of himself like as a woman like the big black hair like makeup yeah. like it's just his his values of style translated onto a different gender
4: yeah and he also had like he was so weird about things with her that he wasn't weird about with other people so I I mean I, I don't know what went on in his mind but there was some stuff <laughs> there <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> I'm also interested in the process of you collaborating with a couple of fashion houses for the costumes. So Mm -hmm. Chanel did the wedding dress. Um, I know Valentino did the Vegas outfits.
4: No, Valentino didn't do the Vegas outfits. Um, A company called BK Enterprises made the Vegas outfits, and they made them for Elvis too essentially yeah but Valentino was hugely collaborative and made a lot of his clothes prior to Vegas they made a lot of his knitwear and some of his suits and everything but um, yeah I
2: thought it was fun how like his costuming is kind of like a bit more demure at the beginning like he's wearing just like a black turtleneck and black trousers and then he ends up obviously in the iconic jumpsuit and then that's kind of flipped with Priscilla's story like she's in the extreme outfits and then in the more demure ones as it goes along
4: yeah, I think in the middle of the story, they're kind of aligned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like
2: a Benjamin Button sort of moment. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, there's a, actually a photo of them where in the 70s where he's wearing like a blue, it's actually a suit, but it kind of looks like a jumpsuit. And it's kind of shiny and he's got big sideburns and they, Lisa Marie's in the photo in a polka dot dress and she's in this lavender top and just very natural looking and he's so embellished. And I, I thought when I saw that photo, that is really a... Um, kind of demarcating moment of when they came apart kind of yeah. their relationship came apart like they were no longer it was a visual representation of the the end of that they
2: have that little photo shoot in the film as well don't they as a yeah scene. yeah because <laughs> she, she kind of like amplifies kind of like how ridiculous he looks a bit like yeah. sat in his own home in graceland
4: with a staff uh, yeah with yeah. the staff <laughs> i was like
2: oh my god when you like because you kind of see these costumes like of someone on the stage and you're like wow stage way like of course like but then him like sat in like this really pristine pastel house and it you're like it almost feels a bit obscene
4: yeah no totally and then i feel like it it just was he was so um you know so embellished i guess mm. like the essence of him was gone and he was just the showman and i i always thought um during the filming like and like what priscilla is seeing is a more intimate version of Elvis and at, a, at the point when they separate like she realizes like that intimate Elvis that that person that she she wants and like craves to have int- intimacy with is just never gonna not be that guy with the sideburns and the blue suit <laughs> and wearing a staff and his Christmas photo or Thanksgiving photo <laughs> yeah, exactly. or holding a staff
3: <laughs> yeah. I also thought it was so interesting in that scene like how modern Priscilla's top looks like it could almost be like a Molly Goddard top or something yeah and totally certain outfits obviously stand out as like iconic looks but then there's these little things that really like or in the background of our lives as well, that's
4: right, yeah. um this is
3: your sixth collaboration with Sophia. I was wondering what that process is like, and like what you've learned along the way.
4: I mean, I've learned so much along the way because one of the first movies I worked on, and one of the first movies I worked on with her is somewhere, so i've I've grown a lot. <laughs> I think we all have we've gotten older, sadly. but um yeah i working with her is always really nice we um we usually start with a mood board that she makes it's not a a very like um it's not specific in a way that you would imagine it to be like it's not like i think the costume looks like this or the set looks like this it's really just an all-encompassing feeling about what the film should feel like and then from there you know we just kind of um I, I take my end and I kind of make color palettes and figure out what the clothes should be. And then Tamara Deverell, who did the, the production design in the sets, she, you know, kind of took those notes and started working on the set. And then Philippe, obviously, the cinematographer, has his own ideas. And then later, you know, like after a little bit of time has passed, we come back together and look at everybody's photos and inspirations and it's organic you know, sometimes we don't have time, but, you know, Terma's office is near mine, so I go in and I talk to whoever's in there and I'm yeah. like, what's this? And they're like, oh, that's the fabric for the drape in Elvis's room. And then, like, now I know what it is, but she never told me.
2: It's <laughs> <And laughs> so it like, gorgeous, like, all coming together and you probably all have, like, really similar, but you've, like, come to it through your own um, yeah.
4: practices. I mean, I think that's something I love about working with Sophia is that we really are good at communicating to one another.
3: I think it's so nice as well that you kind of start with mood boarding and that, like, physicality of it because so many people use her films as inspiration, like, whether it's, like, teenage girls in their bedroom or, like, more established people, like, she exists on so many mood boards and your work
4: exists on so many mood boards. Yeah, no, it's funny. She has some of the same images on her mood board all the time, too, so... (laughs) I'm the same, like same four images. I'm in a different <laughs> place. <laughs> Mine is like all over the place. It's not the same stuff, really. The
3: ta- no, there's always like things oh. I want to bring in, but then sometimes it's With just some random. staples. I think. Yeah, Gina's probably seen the same like <laughs> ten images for the last ten
4: years. Yeah. Yeah. rip about like a recipe and then like a wooden box and it, like <laughs> just, just so fun. random stuff. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, I was interested. Oh, is there anything you want to ask? You can go. I can't remember what my next question is though.
2: <laughs> I found it I guess I found it interesting in the film as well that when she moves into Graceland she's given a uniform and then she's given like the Catholic school uniform as well. Mm-hmm. She's very like set in 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 she's just given what she has to look like. Um just thought that was really interesting. <laughs> you know, the
4: uniform was actually one of my favourite costumes in the movie because I love that it um is so uniform yeah. everyone has to wear it but there's something it's very recognizable to anyone who's ever seen a catholic schoolgirl. it doesn't feel like it's different or you know whatever but that color that sage green color kind of makes it feel i don't know like it's jarring a little bit because you i haven't seen one in that color it <laughs> and also i think it made me like it
2: like reinforced like that she is a child like this is an yeah. infant like it's infantile
4: infantilizing
2: to be in a, like, a Catholic school uniform a bit. And then she goes home and she has to dress in like, these really long, gorgeous dresses for, a pretend to With be her the woman of the house. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And then I, I thought...
0: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all,
4: was what's so great about it is that she was a child like very ordinary but then her situation was so extraordinary
2: yeah when she's like stood at the car before her um graduation she's like you can't come in here you're elvis and he's like oh right yeah because.
3: yeah no exactly <laughs> but then he still manages to make it about himself
2: well that's the part of the film like. <laughs> <laughs> i don't oh. think he made it about
3: himself the nuns made it about him yeah, yeah but that's true he could have said no no, it he, was, he said, he'll oh, wait outside. Wait <laughs> <to be> outside. <laughs> um, I also thought it was interesting with the school uniform, how it is like her peers don't change, but she's changing so rapidly, like with hair and makeup and like her yes, behavior. Yes, that's it. Right. yeah. Just a well, little, little thought. Just another thought.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both a brown and a black beehive.
3: <laughs> I also wanted to briefly bring up the bling ring because I feel like it's having a bit of like a Geisty moment. Like there's so much. <gasps>
0: We rewatched the
3: Bling Ring in the studio the other day, and we loved it. Great soundtrack, great costumes. How was it working? Like, did you consider it a period film at the time? So it wasn't that much time between. No, I think so.
4: When we talked about the Bling Ring, we always talked about it as kind of like a non-linear time because we said like this. I don't know why I remember this that they we really wanted them to have juicy couture sweatsuits, but they also needed iPhones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) we kind of were like "Ah, it's both but that's (laughs) interesting
3: because I feel like that's how we see Y2K or like decades kind of get reduced to these few things and like merged very quickly when we kind of lose the hyper specificity even with like the 60s or the 70s or whatever it's like one silhouette, one thing one whatever so I feel like that also makes sense in a way because it's how we remember things
4: yeah that actually is true and I think that was a challenge by the way on Priscilla is trying to differentiate like nineteen sixty five to nineteen sixty nine because we do have such distinct ideas of what is the sixties and what is the seventies and there's a lot that goes in between, like before you get to bell bottoms yeah. <laughs> there's like a slight boot cut. <laughs> yeah. What do you say is
3: like the biggest like misconception if people think they're in a sixties look, like what gives them away is like not being historically authentic. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Do you have an opinion? An H&M
4: tag. <laughs> no, I don't have an opinion.
3: Like, I just always think about hyper... Like, I did a course on it once, and it was, like, saying how we can never remember the past, how it actually is, because it's shaped by the pop culture that we consume around that decade. I so think even that's true. So that there. Yeah. So I find that really interesting.
4: Well, I always think about that, too, in designing a period yeah. movie, that the things, like, you had mentioned that um, Lavender Blouse, that it looks the same i mean that is um a historical one but that locket that heart locket is I, you know i there's a choice like you could use it or you could not use it priscilla did really have a heart locket like that and i feel like the choice to use it was because it is so recognizable to us now like you could buy it at a store so
3: yeah should we go to audience questions misha i oh, sure <laughs> okay. antonette we've got a glamorous, glamorous. assistant yeah
1: Wait, hello? Oh. Oh. Sorry, that was very loud. Sorry,
3: everyone.
1: <laughs> I am your roping reporter. Put
3: your hand up if you have a question. Any questions? Don't questions? be
1: shy. I'll ask a question. Okay. Um, in your career as a costume designer, are there any uh, costume designers that really inspired you or that made you want to take that path into film?
4: Oh, my God, so many. But one of my favourites is English. Her name is Jenny Beaven. Yes, yeah.
1: wonderful. Uh, she did I Cruella, she did am- lots of stuff. Yeah. yeah,
4: she did lots of stuff. She's amazing. So amazing. I'm, I'm going to say Jenny B then, and I never met her. Oh, no. Oh,
3: no. <laughs> I'm also interested in how you got into costume, because I read that you met Sophia, because you were working at Marc Jacobs,
4: right? Yeah, I was working at Marc Jacobs. I was in fashion school, and um, I wanted to like be a stylist, so I started assisting... This American style, she's actually English, but she worked at um, W Magazine and I assisted her. Her name was Alex White. And then um, from there I did my first movie and then Sophia said like, you know, I'm going to make somewhere after she'd done Marie Antoinette. And I was like, okay, sure. I'd love to. And then I, you know, I think after the first movie, I really kind of was like movies felt better to me, like more like what I wanted to be doing.
3: Did you have to learn a lot on the go or was like... No, I learned a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like learn a lot
4: on the go, yeah. I thought you learned a lot on the go no matter what. Yeah, in
2: any job, I think. I think that's I like think... the backbone of polyester as well.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's like, I went to college and it really prepared me for everything <laughs> I experienced in the real world. It's true. I mean, I'm not so saying cool. someone shouldn't go to college, I'm just...
3: <laughs> <laughs> I am. Don't do it. <laughs> don't bother. But don't do an unpaid internship either. <laughs>
1: I think we've got a question over here to this lovely lady.
3: Hello, um, I love all of your work, so thank you. Did you get any particular notes from Priscilla that informed your making and any that stuck in your mind?
4: Yeah, so um, I had actually... I didn't speak to her directly, but I had asked Kaylee to ask her at some point when she stopped um, wearing stockings because in the late 50s, you know, any woman would wear stockings and then by the 70s you wouldn't so i was really curious when that was and then she also told me that elvis would wear a black shirt like he would change out of his jumpsuit between shows in vegas which i thought was informative she she really had a lot of nuggets of wisdom
2: yeah he's always he's always in pajamas in the film like he's never like shirtless in
4: the film i was like wait like jacob lordy come on no he, yeah. <laughs> You know, that was also a choice, but he, there's all these home videos of him and they're like swimming and he wears a t shirt. So I thought, I don't know, maybe He's he. Approved. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I also I thought it was funny
3: how like he only wore glasses when he got into philosophy.
4: <laughs> no, he actually, he really did wear reading glasses. You just never see photos of him with reading.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> Or, like, he would take them off, I guess. Like, if he was having his photo taken. I think glasses are a sign of weakness. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you think. <laughs> I mean, I think for him, if you never saw a photo of him with his glasses and you have to, like, dig deep to find one, yeah, but yeah. he had really bad eyesight He yeah, 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 yeah. needed glasses. <laughs> oh, Misha.
2: Another question? Thank
1: you.
4: Thank you. I was amazed that she looks so young at the beginning and obviously you're covering quite a lot of time I was just wondering was there obviously you're having to consider so much stuff about the period but how much went into obviously starting her out as 14 and the proportions of that and then obviously her being older yeah a lot went into that and I I can't take complete credit for that because our hair and makeup team Joanne and Cleona were incredible, and the three of us just made timeline after timeline of, like, this is when the hair is brown, and this is what the clothes look like, and this is when the, you know, we had all these names for them, like Memphis Glam and Baby Glam, and (laughs) I forgot them all, but um, it was just how we kind of uh, made our way through, so a lot went into it, and it was very collaborative to make her go from that super young to older.
2: <laughs> <go>. This trot
3: <laughs> Oh, your t-shirt
4: is so nice.
2: Thank
3: you. It's the a twenty four t-shirt. Nice. It's oh, very nice. Thank you. Um, so, I have a question. Um, so, her films, Sophia's films, um, often receive uh, criticism and gendered attacks uh, for their aestheticism slash pretty aesthetics. Is this such a bad thing? And in what ways is the fashion
4: feminist? Um, I well, I don't know, no, but yeah, <laughs> I think that she's often telling the story of girls and girls coming into their own. And I think a big part of that is trying on identities and trying to see who you are. And uh, that isn't, it's easy to do that a little bit with clothes because clothes are in so much as they're, you know, things that we wear, they're also like an armor, personality, they're a signifier, there's so many things. So I think it makes sense that uh, someone who's looking into the, Kind of inner lives of women would explore that with clothes and fashion. <laughs> sure, my pleasure.
1: Oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> Thank
3: you. I've got a question. Um, if you could do a film on any subject matter or period or anything that you haven't tackled yet, what would you want to
4: do? I really love the ballet. I'm, I want to do a ballet. <laughs>
1: A lovely little rodato moment for Black Swan. One at the back, <laughs> Yeah, Are we We're going back here. Oh, God. Oh, sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, uh, okay. Thank you. Hi there. Uh, do you have a particular favourite uh, collaboration that you have with Sophia or is it sort of like choosing your favourite children where you just can't choose? <laughs>
4: um, yeah, I, I feel like I'd love all of them but one of my favourite moments of any film that we ever made was um, at the end of Priscilla we had a little glass of champagne cause I think we were just so amazed that we did it and no one got COVID and like, <laughs> cause we were shooting during COVID. If someone got COVID, we would have had to shut down and we, there was like no extra money and nothing. So I think like on the last shot, I, someone said like, Oh, do you want a glass of champagne? Like we have this ball of pink champagne. I was like, yeah. And then I, I brought her a glass, the monitor. And um, it was the last shot and, I was like, I can't believe we did it. We were like so excited. And then that first AD was like, okay, we're going to shoot the last scene of the movie now. Are you are you guys finished?
2: <laughs>
4: so Priscilla.
3: <laughs>
1: oh, here we go. Another one right here. Thank you. Thanks.
0: Um, I was just curious a little bit about how much information you're given about like the, the conditions under which the clothes are going to be filmed. Because I would imagine that with lighting and things that would change like the color or sort of whether it comes across as like translucent or opaque and like just yeah how much your info you're given
4: um I think we we do camera tests and also I see the set and I know like I knew in Vegas we didn't have space to move around because it was so expensive to build that set and make it look you know, and I knew like I, we were kind of trying to fill the this small space with the amount of extras that we had. And we only had like two showgirls because we didn't have a lot of money to get those costumes. So they were kind of recirculating through the room. So I guess it varies, but um, I did want to keep like the interest, the business at the top. So she had that big bow and um, less about the bottom because I knew we wouldn't see it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you. This is a kind of broad question and it kind of spans over all of your work. But you mentioned you research with mood boards, but is there a specific way you like to do your research and prepping for a film?
4: Yeah, I feel like I'm such a nerd with this super cool audience. But I love the New York Public Library and I also love um, the Metropolitan Museum of Art because there's a textile department. Which is amazing, and I'll bet you the the V&A has an incredible thing like that too. And they, I know they have a, a really good costume institute. If I lived here, I would probably go there a lot.
1: Um, so much of your work has ended up on, I'm sure everyone in this room's Tumblr at some point. Have you ever had a Tumblr?
4: No. <laughs> But I want to know how to use it.
2: You don't. If anyone <laughs> wants to give
4: me a tutorial.
1: <laughs> it's lost in the sound of time. Gone,
4: but we can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, it's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, should,
2: we should have done that as one of the workshops
4: yeah. How to build a Tumblr. <laughs> how to have a Tumblr. We'll
3: single-handedly bring back Tumblr in this room tonight.
1: <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. We
3: could but do it. I don't I really know
4: how to use Pinterest either. If someone wants to show me how to do no, that. I only that. does. <laughs>
3: I can show you. I think it's a bit of a wasteland, though. Like usually, it's better just. To s- <laughs> this is so boring. how <laughs> you opt. Okay, thanks. <laughs> is there any more questions.
1: Go on. We can probably do oh, okay, one more. Okay, here we go. Here oh, we go. All oh, the way around. This two. Oh, oh, two. Are we do. Okay, both? we
3: can probably do oh, two more if they're quick. Yeah.
1: Sorry, where, where was the one here? It was Georgie. Oh, oh, back to you. Oh, back to you. Let's do her first.
3: Hi. um, So much of your work has influenced, I'm sure, so many of our, like, personal senses of style. So I'm curious if, like, any of the projects you've worked on have, like, influenced your own personal style or inspired you to, I don't know, in any way.
4: Actually, yes. Every project, sadly. (laughs) I have a feather coat that I've never worn that showed up after the bling ring. (laughs) I also have a coat that we made, I made, or had the tailor make for me out of Priscilla's baby dress fabric that was left over. It's bright pink. I love it, but I don't wear it that much. (laughs) I want to see it. (laughs) It's really nice. It's beautifully made. They did a good job. Last question
1: Georgie, Miss Georgie, was it you? (laughs) Oh, go go on, make it a good one. I've already asked one. This is
2: awful. Um, Jacob Lordi is very tall.
4: Katie Spainy is very small. Um, No, no. I'm just. Was there ever any conversation about like the proportions of dressing them together in
3: terms of how they were going to be shot together?
4: No, I think that was Philippe's problem.
1: (laughs) Did you also want Jacob Elordi more naked?
4: No. It's very inappropriate. <laughs> I think he was—he was so great and so charismatic and so charming, and I like the idea that there was a little bit left to the imagination.
1: That's the right answer. That's a good answer.
4: <laughs> Gorgeous way to end, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> cut the mic. it You're
2: not allowed.
4: <laughs> I have a question for the audience. Yes, I, I want to know if they're going to do karaoke and/or cake decorating.
3: Okay, put uh, like say yes now for cake decorating. Oh, wow. And for karaoke.
2: <laughs> All right, great. You get a free
3: um, pink wig if you do karaoke. You do, yeah. <laughs> Priscilla is streaming on Movie from March 1st. You can get 30 days free by going to movie.com slash polyester. There are also postcards absolutely everywhere in this venue. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it and we haven't spoiled it too much, which I feel like we... <laughs> Tea's no, just the right things. amount, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, then I'll watch it again now.
3: Yeah, same. Um, it's a very good movie. Yes, I it is I well agree. Yeah. Well done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you very much to Stacey for being here with us. Thank you to Gina for the gorgeous questions. Um, karaoke is straight after the letterbox quiz so you can go to the quiz right now and you can stay for karaoke which is from approximately eight forty-five. or oh, well i think i don't know if we're running on time or not let me check i mean yes we are running on time so go go, go 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 everyone go get a drink thank you thank you thank you thank you, thank you so much see you somewhere thank you, thank you. Thank you.